www.cliffcentral.com. Sorry, scrap that, delete it. Cliffcentral.com. Right, here we are, the Bounce Show. Something different for you this week. We have a star player. Now, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. So every month, as you know, right here on Cliff Central, uh, every Monday I've got an hour show where I try to bring you the best of whatever is going on right now. Also with the best interviews, the best insights, um, just like the kind of people you should be getting more about in sport. So I'm taking it kind of to another level now. Uh, we're going to have like a player takeover once a month. So today I've got Dominic Hendricks, rising SA cricket star, and he's going to be the first guy. He's just going to run a bit of a pilot with me as far as giving you once a month. I'll get a guy in here and uh, be a great player profile for you. So Dominic, thanks for joining me. Yeah, this thanks is, for having um, me. This is very nice of you. I'm sorry about the delay um, in, in getting this all together. See, because now we're doing a pre-record, but this is going to be live because this is the beauty of Cliff Central that you can get things to be live right now or if you podcast that you're going to get it like that. So, um, yeah, you are kind of like guinea pig on this and okay. um, it's going to be very easy though. So I know you've done many interviews before. People have asked you things about what do you think about the team, what's the weekend going to be like, uh, house preparation, for all that kind of stuff. Um, which is kind of difficult, so we'll get into like the nature of the media with you as well. But today's interview is basically creating like a player profile, so that if someone was to maybe look at you, spend millions on you in future, and they want to go, wow, we need to get more info about this guy. Maybe this podcast could be it. Okay. So, so I'm actually using it completely to build my own career with yours. Oh, so that's it, not a problem at all then. Could be symbiotic, I think is the word. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. So, um, yeah, the first section is just basically who you are. Uh, we'll get into basically your influence and all that kind of stuff. And then we go into uh, your things around your phone because one of the big things about Cliff Central, obviously, and um, sport in general nowadays, social media is huge. It's a massive driver. And uh, just can give an idea of what your sports stars use your phones for, uh, when you can use your phones, when you can't, that kind of stuff, and then get more into about your playing career. And then finally, we've got a quick-fire question round right at the end. You'll have one pass. There's one question you can pass. Otherwise, you've got to just lay out the answers. Oh, boy. Okay. Not too nerve-wracking. Yeah, huh? not too. Okay, so let's get right, yeah, let's get right into it. So, um, 25, born in PE. You play for the Kauteng franchise. Um, yep. Definitely one of the rising stars right now. And I've done quite a lot of prep on you. And okay. um, pretty handy average so far. Huh? You're, all of, you're all of 25. 37 is your average first class-wise. Yeah. Top score of 176 not out. Yeah, that's right. You are a left-handed opening top order batsman. That is correct, yes. Uh, do a spot of wicket-keeping on the side? Um, I've done it over the past couple of years, um, but I've, um, I only did it the, two years ago and the year before that um, when Tommy had a bit of an injury, so his back was in trouble, so I had to kind of step in uh, mid-game, and I was the guy that fitted the suit really to do it. No, I don't. I don't want you to be one of those lump type batsmen who are really, really good, but then you have to stand behind the stumps and you get bad back. No, yeah, exactly. We, well, that's one that of the reasons. One of the reasons why I've actually decided to kind of pass it on because, um, yeah, it took a lot of strain on my back and especially my batting. I mean, that is my my strong suit. So For sure. if I can't do my job, then. Um, See, but this is, this is the curse of talent, right? When you can do something, people make you do it all over. It's yeah, like, oh, well, if we can play you, we've got two birds with one stone. We've yeah. got a batsman and a keeper. Exactly that. So, so, yeah. so basically, you're the next Abby de Villiers, is what you're saying. You've got the same <laughs> problem. I wish I had office talent. <laughs> so nine first-class hundreds so far. You made your first-class debut back in 2010. So you were at 19. Yeah. That's pretty that was incredible. was just huh? after the 19 World Cup, yeah. 
Uh, Under-19 World Cup, where you completely cleaned up. 391 runs, average of 97.95. Told you did a lot of prep here. Yeah. So you were the leading run scorer back in the Under-19 World Cup. That is an incredible feat. And your first-class debut, you made 60, batting with Stephen Cook. Yeah, that's right. So you, Stephen Cook, Timber Bavuma, cleaned up in that game. So yeah, we did. We played against Northwest, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct. So Dominic, you're actually a relatively big deal, I've got to say. So anyone who didn't know you prior to this, I mean, come on. You've got to know more about your cricket. So um, where did it all start this? So you basically born in PE, Eastern Cape lad, now mm-hmm. living here. So what was the progression of your cricketing career from school onwards, basically? Um, well, basically, uh, cricket started when I was really, really young. I think I was probably like three four years old um and i got into it really just watching on tv and playing in the yard um i used to spend a lot of time with my with my gran Mm -hmm. and um yeah my my uncle was in high school at the time so during school holidays he'd be home a lot after school he'd come home and we'd literally just play in the yard or play in the street um and that's where it really started um then school played baker's mini cricket um, oh, yeah, so yeah, you're not that young, so it was Baker's. It was Baker's still that time. Did, yeah. did you get the bat? Uh, no, I didn't get the bat. We they were they were only on loan. Uh, so the school it was the school's property. Okay. Yeah. But it was like a slab of plywood, basically. It wasn't. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> wasn't yeah. Too much <laughs> yeah. And then you got a few biscuits afterwards. Okay. So so what school did you go to down in Eastern Cape? Um, I went to St Dominic's Priory. So that was in Port Elizabeth. Um, I started I started in grade R. Um, and then yeah, I went through all the way till grade eight. Um, played provincial cricket started when I was 13 so okay. under 13B so you're pretty gifted from the start then this is quite clear <laughs> it seems that way yeah um, then yeah um, had to move up to Joburg um, my dad lost his work uh, lost his job sorry so moved up to Joburg with my sister and my mom and um, yeah he moved up the year before us so I did grade 9 I started grade 9 in Johannesburg mm-hmm. and then I've been here since um, got to Joburg did um, playing under 15 cricket so as soon as I got to Joburg, got myself into the system here. And then um, was lucky enough to, while well, I was at Ferndale High School over here, and then was lucky enough to get a burst at St. David's. So I uh, did grade 11 and matric at St. David's. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of a conventional route. And then from there, going to under-19 SAT, you were the SA Academy as well. Yeah. So you've been quite a conventional success story in that you've just worked bloody hard from the beginning. And um, we just goes to the show, you know, we talk about a lot in the country about opportunities for young players. And, you know, the school system was obviously instrumental to that. Yeah, definitely. As far as, um, as, far as getting that sort of scholarship bursary thing, were you just so damn good at cricket or were you also quite academic too? Um, I, I wouldn't say I was very academic. Um, I, I'd, I'd admit myself I was quite lazy in the academics department. Um, and if I had to look back now, that's one definitely one thing that I would would have changed in school. I would have worked a little bit harder. I always think that too. Hey? We have so much time yeah, as kids, exactly. but back there we don't, we just don't like realize just it. just get through school. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get the bursary. Um, and it was it was our minor 17 manager at the time. He kind of asked me where I was at school and asked if I was enjoying it there. And I said, no, I wasn't because I was at a private school before. And he's like, okay, well, what if I, had, if I could sort you out with like a bursary to come to my school? And then I was like, okay, well, I'd love that, but just speak to my parents first. Fantastic. And then, yeah, I never looked back since then. Okay, well, that says the intro part of this this um, interview. Um, next it's fix, section, sorry, next section we're going to get into is with uh, your smartphone. Now, one of the things I'm going to get into is the kind of music you're listening to. So your first option here, we're going to play a few songs to see what you're all about. Your first song here is Drake, Controller. Mm-hmm. Big Drake fan, huh? Yeah, I am. Always been. Yeah, i got to say, that, I mean, some of his music is quite good. I, I approve of it. Um, some people say he's not not legit rap, though, not legit hip-hop. What do you yeah, got to say about that? He's, uh, I, th- I think he's, he's, a bit of, he's a bit of everything. Uh, he 
he has different elements to him and I think we've seen it over the past couple of years so yeah um, I've been a fan of him since since I've heard one of his first songs so. okay well we're going to start with some Drake and then we'll get into the phone section of the class today. Welcome back. Dominic's first choice of music was a Drake song, Controller. He did a Serena Williams for a while, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. I believe so. Yeah. It wasn't just like speculation or rumors. No, I, th- I think that was definitely true. He was always there. So, I think that totally benefited his career more than hers. I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don. So we're going to get onto the, the smartphone section of our interview here because I can imagine back if you were a, a star sports player like a long time ago, there wasn't many distractions. You'd kind of just play a match. You'd have a few drinks. Read a newspaper from here and there, but now with the smartphone being what it is, you're constantly getting access to what the outside world is saying about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It must be very, very distracting. So, first up, what was your first ever phone? My first ever your phone. Your first ever Jeez. ever phone. Um, I think it was a Sagem. Um, okay. A little black and white phone, a black and white color screen. Um, I think it also had polyphonic ringtones, if I'm not mistaken. So. Those are the business, so yeah. when it was like nothing <laughs> make else. Your own songs. And they came out and they had all this horrible adverts spamming us about, get this ringtone, polyphonic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We actually really have gone such a long way as a human race. Eh? <laughs> yes, we have. So currently, are you Android? Are you an Apple man? What's, um, your, what's your preference? I'm I'm on Apple at the moment. Um, I was Android for the past couple of years, but I've, I think I've had enough of Android for now. Um, so I've just moved to, to Apple. Yeah, I was that guy too. I was I tried absolutely everything, and then there's so much pressure here on Cliff Central because everyone does Apple, right? Mm-hmm. So Gareth said to me, "You can't use a phone that's going to make us look dodgy." <laughs> I had like this really big Nokia. I loved it, but anyway, so I'm also Apple now. Okay, so what are your favorite apps? What takes up most of your time on your phone? Um, social media wise, or just any apps in general? Yeah, just in general. Um, well, WhatsApp first and foremost. Yeah. I think just communicating with everybody. Um, then I spend quite a bit of time Instagram, Snapchat. Do you have like a team WhatsApp group? Uh, yes, we do. Amongst players, or is like everyone uh, got no, like no, a no. mandatory? It's, it's it's more management group. Um, there was like a a team group back in the day, like a few years ago, but then things just got out of control. Like you're getting texts on this thing at odd hours in the morning, and you're just like, okay, that was the end of that. So I can just imagine because like WhatsApp groups to me are the pain the band of my life because either yeah, either your family with, or it's work or there's like people who want to have funny groups or yeah, golfing groups with the most ridiculous thing oh, so i mean I, I gotta say not that we'd ever be um in a position where i'd mute you but all my whatsapp groups are all muted no i'm exactly the same i, I pick them up yeah, as a girl exactly <laughs> <laughs> my family's listening right now they're gonna be horrified <laughs> it's the truth though so um okay so whatsapp social media wise what are you on what, what do you um, spend most time on i'd say instagram and snapchat um but I am on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter just to get some information about see what's going on really in the world. Yeah, for sure. And Snapchat, like I haven't gone to that yet. Is this something we should all be doing? Um, well, Instagram has actually introduced something similar to Snapchat with those um, those video previews that are only up for 20, 24 hours. So that's pretty much the essence of Snapchat. Okay, so I shouldn't bother. Instagram have incorporated everything I should yeah, have worried about. The, the only difference really, like Instagram, it's got a bigger community than Snapchat. Yeah. Um, so you can actually see your people that you are following. So like, I don't know, um, Hussein Bolt, if he puts something up, you'll be able to see it. Whereas Snapchat, you needed really the person's username to start following them. And yeah. then you, if you, you got lost the me already. That sounds so, so difficult. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's complicated at first, and I was also the same. Like when I first got it, I was like, "What is this? This is such rubbish." And then, yeah, I got into it really. Okay, so um, what kind of stuff do you throw out on uh, social media? Um, what, what I'm really up to. So, if I'm playing around a golf, I don't know, uh, walking my dog, or if I go out and I see something funny, then just really pick it up. So you're a pretty normal guy deep down there. Yeah, this really. Is, this is what we're going to get to follow you on social media. Yeah, exactly. Are, are there any sort of professional guidelines that, you know, so your franchise, for instance, say to you, okay, right, social media is your thing, but mm. please don't do this, this, and that. Is it just the, obviously the normal? Don't yeah. be too controversial. Is yeah, it, exactly. Do, like, do you guys get trained in that kind of stuff? Oh, uh, we do. Um, but it's more from the, like the, how would I say, like the corruption side of things. So how people are trying to approach uh, you. Of course, yeah. Right, that's so a big trained, deal. So you, you get trained in that way, like if you're getting approached or stuff like that. Um, but generally it's it's like you shouldn't put stuff that shouldn't be on social media up on just social media. Just don't be like an English cricketer, basically. Yeah, don't be, yeah. Don't be stupid just about Just don't it. be like Kevin Peterson and that yeah, kind of exactly. stuff. Okay, do you Pokemon Go? Um, I was on my um, on my Android, but then uh, it's so much so much of an effort to get it on um, on iPhone. So I was just like, oh, I'll just wait until it actually officially releases. Okay, um, I can imagine because again, this is the thing that's taking the whole world by storm. Do you have other guys in the in the Lions team that or the your karting team that do Pokemon Go as well? Um, there are a few actually. There's a there's a few guys that actually take it quite who's seriously. The, who's the oldest guy doing Pokemon Go in your team? Uh, the oldest, jeez, I think I would be actually the oldest. And I'm like one of the younger guys, <laughs> but it's because it, it, it was in my generation. So I okay. grew up watching it when I was younger. So guys abuse me about it, but I'm like, well, I watched it. I mean, you only know Pikachu, so get out of here. Yeah, it's just everyone has Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. So take me take me through like your sort of match day, um, social media wise. Would you be on your phone during the match, or is it a constant like a no go area in the in the change room? Um, so. It's it's been different over the years. Um, under different coaches, we've had different policies. Um, but um, at, at the moment, um, you, you're allowed to be on your phone. But I mean, you it's obviously not advised before you're going out to bat or anything like that. But you are allowed to be on. So people, you can see people like some of the guys are on their iPads or on their phones looking at stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Is that quite like you, a universal thing, or is it just certain teams have certain like policies? Yeah, it's it's pretty much team policy. I know with the pro tiers, you're definitely not allowed to use your phone at all. So really? that's, yeah, that's like a no go because of people can just influence you or try and approach you at any given stage through I, anything. I totally forgot about that. That my, my naive mind was thinking, okay, well that's a connection point to the players. Yeah. Because exactly back in, that. yeah, exactly. Because I mean, spot fixing that kind of stuff, it really is just so much easier because your connections. Who knows who you're talking to or how you're talking to people? Exactly, yeah. And you could even be doing something so subtle in social media that someone else knows what to bet on. Ah, see, now I'm learning. <laughs> this is an informative interview for me as well. Okay, um, music on your phone. So when you're on on tour or you're going around, like prior to the match, do you have like things that are quite upbeat, or do you like to get in a sort of more relaxed kind of zone? Um, it's really how I feel on the day. So if there's like particular music that I'm into at that particular time, then I listen to it. Or sometimes I just literally put my, my iPod on shuffle and then just whatever's playing, let it play. Okay. So what else we got? We got Drake. You sort of like, you have like chill out music and you sort of rock. Um, again, it's um, just, you're a man of house, house music. So I love uh-huh. my music. So house music, um, some old school R&B, old school hip hop. So from the nineties, um, yeah, um, I just listen to pretty much everything. Okay. Well, we're going to bring in our next song here. Okay, so that's very interesting about the whole – it's all down to teams as far as the policy is concerned or what social media is. I always think like when it started, 
you know, again, a reference in the English because there's been some great headlines around them and they always get into trouble. Like, I'd love to hear some of the team meetings that went after that. Like, you tweeted what? Because, <laughs> like, some, I know some people. would love to be a fly on that wall. Exactly. Right? And those two, because those guys are the best. I mean, English sport for me is these guys should win a Laureus Award every year. It'd just be entertaining. <laughs> Not exactly successful, just massively entertaining. Right, so you need to queue up the next song. So DJ Kent, also like a big favorite of yours. So you also yeah. like you're, quite a lot of local music is actually worth having your phone nowadays, I found. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm, like I'm not saying the whole cloudy 90% thing is a good thing. But there's so many amazing producers coming up, amazing DJs. Do you also go out and like, do you follow certain DJs club-wise and go to certain gigs like that? Um, well, I haven't actually been been out out on the scene in a while, so um, only only occasionally. But I, I do I do keep track on a few people. Okay. A few locals. All right, so DJ Kent. Um, favorite DJ Kent song right now? My favorite one right yeah. now. Um, what's the one for, with Dominic O'Neill? Um, I don't know if it's going to play now or later. Uh, this one. Okay. Um, Dominic O'Neill. Wait, I've got this. I've got this. I've totally got this. I've got this. I think it's Love You Still. Or Love You Still. Yeah. This one. Okay, here we go. All right, DJ Kent, Dominic Neal. After this, we're going to get into your, your career proper. Okay. See, it starts off quite slow, but the question is going to get quite rigorous from here. But who says I needed someone to break my heart? Who says you needed to come along and tear it all apart? Because I don't know, oh, oh, but you do it so well. I know it's crazy, but I love you still. All right, welcome back. We're chatting to Dominic Hendricks today, Gauteng Cricketer. So we're going to get into like the more serious part of the interview now, actually your career, your life as a cricketer. So um, just kind of growing up, you know, we've been through the ranks of how you developed just your skill, your talents to get to where you were. What's your sort of goal professional-wise, professional, sorry, your professional kind of goal as far as nowadays as a cricket professional, your options are a lot more open than they used to be. In the past, you'd kind of play domestic cricket, hopefully you'd get the national team and that would be like the ceiling, the be-all and end-all. Now there's all kinds of other options when you think about T20 is done for the game. Do you have a kind of path that you're looking at to kind of um, fulfilling or is it very much just take opportunities as they arise? Um, I'd say it is a bit of taking my opportunities as they arise, but definitely um, I, I've always wanted to play test cricket. Um through everything, like how T20 cricket's changed the game and how things are different now these days, still uh, the number one for me is to play for my country in in Test cricket. See, I love that answer because it, not only does it get me to my second part, but I think it's so great that there's still so much pull towards the, the Test match, the Test game itself. Do you think the domestic cricket format sets you, sets SA players up enough for the whole Test level? Now we've seen some very ta- like talented guys who can make that sort of Test jump up there. But it's such a huge divide. Do you think the domestic format is kind of strong enough nowadays for the big step? Um, I definitely do think so. Um, and I think the better players are definitely standing up. And um, when I say that they are, so they always performing season in, season out, and they're getting their recognition. And then the next step is obviously to play SAA for the SAA side. So um, there you're going to play against some of the players from across the across the world that are also trying to get into their national setups. Okay, so all the naysayers out there who, who believe the domestic game is dying, uh, we're not breeding enough talent towards the big step up. Things aren't as bad as our makes out, no, basically. No, definitely not. There's, there's, there's a lot of guys coming through the, through the system. And over the past two years, there have been uh, a hell of a lot of guys that actually done really well. And 
a few guys have been rewarded now. I think one of the guys, um, Andile Pichlakwayo, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's only well. like 20 years old now and he's he's already playing for SA. I think they're in Australia now. They're busy with a four-day game at the moment. Yeah, I think he got a 50, literally like last week, yeah. if not in this last match. Okay, so average sort of life, average day in the life for a pro cricketer, is it kind of what you were expecting going into it or is it all very much like it's it's still different to you? Um, well, when I was growing up, I didn't actually think it was, was like this at all. Um, so most days I'd probably wake up about eight o'clock, um, and maybe take my dog for a walk for probably twenty minutes or so before I leave. Mm-hmm. Get to the ground or get to practice. Um, then, depending on how I feel, I'd either jump before or jump after training, um, and then have a training session be done in like half past twelve. So done with all the skills, and then let you get home and just chill for the rest of the afternoon. I've got a good authority that you're pretty much the fittest of not one of the fittest guys in the Gauteng team. Now, we all know that cricket in the past has had a few hefty guys. Yeah. You don't have to be the greatest shape. It's not like rugby or football where you've literally got to be a whippet or you've got to be a beefcake. Yeah. Is there a lot more pressure on cricketers nowadays to be in better shape and to really be like up there with their other sports? Uh, I definitely do think so. I think um, a lot of guys are actually taking more pride in in how or how their bodies are. So, I mean, they know it's going to negatively affect their performance if they are, but out of shape, and a lot of guys have actually turned like turned their their physicality around or their physical conditioning around to take it a lot more seriously and try and be better in that aspect just to get that extra five or ten percent edge on someone else that oh, who's fighting for the same uh, position. Well, it also makes sense if you're looking to score a big hundred. That's a lot of time out in the middle, concentration-wise. If yeah. you're tired, you focus on how tired you are. Exactly, less and oxygen to the brain. Yeah, yeah it makes if, sense. If you if you're out of shape, you're going to be thinking of all sorts of other things. Whereas if you're in peak physical condition, you're only focusing about what you need to do like when someone's running into ball to you. So are you saying like to the point where guys are maybe drinking less, the fines meetings aren't quite as what they used to be? Like did, no. do you guys have dietitians and people giving you like tips on how to, you know, have perfect nutrition for this? Um we, we well, a few of us have have been to dietitians and have had like the lecture from them about how things are like that's one of the things I actually learned at National Academy. Um so yeah, it's definitely um guys are taking or taking more seriously what they're eating and they're just not seeing food and eating it these days. Like they're not just going to KFC and buying the whole of KFC anymore. They're like a bit more stringent on what they're eating. Um, but there are a few guys that actually take it ridiculously seriously. Like um, one of the, one of our players, Shailen, um, he's in the best nick I've ever seen a cricketer in my life. Um, he's absolutely ripped to shreds, but he literally trains. Then straight after training, like whatever we do, he'll have his food prepped already. So he, he's already prepped food for like the morning from the morning and he'd have like chicken and rice or he'd have uh, tuna and rice or tuna and veg and is he pushing for a man's health cover or yes i tell you like <laughs> i must actually show you a picture of this guy you'd actually think i'm joking like how i'm how good a nick he is in that's kind of cool i'm sure he gets ragged appropriately for it <laughs> yeah. so um again just going back to from a fan's perspective so much is made about coaches in the sport they're often the guys who take a lot of flack for team results in your opinion what makes a really good coach in professional level i mean obviously when you come through the ranks there's various developmental systems that need to be in place and a coach becomes quite influential you're at the stage now where you don't have to be coached a hell of a lot it's more about managing your talents and getting the best out of you so what would you say is that what makes a really great coach at the top level um, I definitely say you need to understand his players because, like you said, it's it's all about managing. So the best coaches in the world are the best managers. Like they know how to get the best out of their players. So, he, like from my experience, I'd say um, you need to know, you need to know which buttons to push and who you can push the certain buttons with. So a few guys 
perform well when they're under serious pressure. A few guys need to be butted up to say, no, you're the best bowler that we have, so don't worry about it. It was just a bad knock or, or bad uh, performance. Like, I believe in you. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest things that you that a coach has to have is knowing how to manage. Sounds like herding cats. <laughs> you got to stroke guys' egos, unfortunately. Like, that's... That's how it is. And some guys some guys don't need that. Like some guys you just tell them, Listen, you are absolutely terrible out there, what are you thinking? And they'll they'll just sort it out themselves with other guys and you actually need to like babysit them and like come on. So yeah. I guess it's that fine line as well because you want to stroke the egos, but at the same time you've got to be quite hard. Hard hard yet fair. I yeah, suppose would be the best thing. Mm. So a lot of conversations are happening around um the Proteas and obviously Jeffrey Toyana. Now this is a guy you work with Obviously, at the Kauteng. Would you say that you know he's a great example of that? I'd, I'd say he is. He knows he knows how to get the best out of all the players. And the biggest thing that he's actually given us is responsibility for our own for our own game. So, if you want to come to practice and you want to hit five balls or you want to bowl ten balls, then and you're happy with it, then it's fine. But as soon as you don't perform, then the finger gets pointed straight back at you, and you can't blame anybody else but yourself. So he's definitely given you. He's giving you all the tools that you need, all the resources that you need. So there are people to throw to you. There are people to come in to give you help on bowling and batting or whatever you need. So the resources are all there. It's just if you want to take it or not. And I think that's the biggest thing that he's really taught taught myself over the past couple of years is that if I'm not doing well, I've only got myself to blame. And if I want to get better, then I have to work harder or I have to be doing the right things. That's so cool. I like him more and more now. It's like, it's the whole empowerment thing. You know, yeah, you, exactly. you, you got to make people who can think of their feet. You got to really manage everything about your career. And that, that's also the thing. Like when you, if you do make the step up to the proteas, I mean, you're not going to have, he's not going to be there to throw to you or I'm not going to have someone that has thrown to me all the time or someone that I, I've had before. I'm going to have a totally different face. So you, you got to say to them, okay, this is what I want. This is what I need to do. Look out for this for me. And yeah, this is how I'm going about my, my practice schedule. So yeah, they, he's not going to be there to babysit you when when he's gone or if he moves on or whatever, or makes a move with you. Yeah, yeah. that too. See, yeah, there's all other permutations here. Yeah. Okay, so just going quickly back to that whole T20 versus Test match thing. Preparation-wise, as a batsman, how difficult is it to kind of get, um, or sorry, how different is it to prepare for certain uh, formats of the game? So if you go into say the Ramstam, you know, you play consecutive T20 matches. If you're going to go into the four-day tournament, you know, is there a very definite difference in preparation from your side? Um, well, first and foremost, uh, the foundation has to be set. So basics have to be up to scratch in all the formats. So you're not going to be able to hit a guy with extra cover for six if you can't like, get your feet moving, for example. Um, so first and foremost, the basics have to be the same through, um, through all the formats. I think the biggest change through the formats is just um, how you mentally approach it. So uh, you just shift your mind. Your my mindset's just shifted a bit more. So um, in four day cricket, I just look to be like quite tight and don't look to be too flashy. Whereas when I play one day cricket, I I go out there and I just express myself. So it's literally like see ball, hit ball. Whereas in four day cricket, I don't have to do that. Like I've got more time to to play. But does that mean you get more pressure in in ODIs, or is it different kinds of pressure? Um, there is different kinds of pressure. Like um, four day cricket, a guy could be bowling like a serious spell. We I've faced a few guys where I, I couldn't like lay bad on a ball and I'm thinking to myself, geez, like where am I actually going to score a run? And then you kind of just ride the wave, whereas um, T20 and one-day cricket, it's more like, okay, you need to hit a boundary now. So where am I going to hit my boundary? 
because the, the run rate's up at nine or ten and over. So I needed two boundaries and it's over. How am I going to hit them? Where's he bowling? So yeah, there's a different type of pressure, but there's still pressure nonetheless. Okay. So kind of like life more with outside of, of cricket, what other sports do you do you play recreationally or what any other sports do you kind of take quite seriously? Um, my golf, although my golf hasn't been the, the best of late. Um, I also play tennis, um, but I haven't played tennis in a while. Um, the guys I normally play with are not in town. They're overseas at the moment, so I haven't had a chance to play a bit of tennis in a while. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the two that I play the most. You find if you're batting well, your golf game is better. <laughs> no, apparently, <I'm>, <laughs> apparently they're, they're quite well interconnected. They are, but um, yeah, my my golf game hasn't been great of late, so I don't know. It's just one of those things, really. Okay, well, we'll go play sometime. I'm sure you'll have a contrasting game to mine. You feel so much better about yourself. Okay, so if you weren't a cricketer, um, what, what would you want to do? Um, well, when I was when I was in high school, I always wanted to be a physio because I. I've been into my sports since I was really young, so um, I don't know, probably physio, or I was also big into football when I was younger, so um, probably would have tried football if, yeah. if if that wasn't the case, yeah. Which then leads you to my final question for the section, your yeah. favorite sports teams, who do you support? Um, so football, Manchester United. Um, it's like from day one. Yeah, from day one, yeah. Okay. Um, rugby, I'm a Lions fan. So you have to ask that about football supporters because you get guys who support Barcelona nowadays. I don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. Man City fans, it's you can't trust them. because they've taken a rise over the past couple of <laughs> years. That's why. I saw a funny tweet the other day. It says, think that did not exist 12 years ago. WhatsApp, um, Twitter, Man City fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got one more section to go. Uh, Don, we've done particularly well, I thought. Uh, but now becomes the very difficult times, the quick fire questions. Oh, great. Okay. But let's get back to another song. Another DJ Kent's song. Uh, what else have we got on the playlist here? Uh, DJ Kent f- uh, featuring Nandi and Goma. Favorite of yours? Um, it's, it's definitely one that's grabbed my ch- attention over the past couple of weeks since it's come out. Okay, so basically, if you want to ever just impress Dom in future, just mention DJ Kent. House um, music. <laughs> house music. He's a big fan. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know this song. This is a goodie. Okay, we're going to come back and it's a quick fire questions. Can you? This is going to be like facing a, a session in the nets on a green on a green top and a and a new ball. Back into the final section of a special feature of the band show. It's been a lot of fun so far. Like I always said, I'm never going to interview players because I don't. I never like to talk to players because I try to keep things very objective in my sporting, um, let's just say analysis. But yeah, this has been a lot of fun, Dom. I've got to say, as as players go, I can talk to you. This is very good. Mm-hmm. You, are, you you you've raised the profile of professional sports people in my mind. Right into the final quick fire question section of the interview. Now, what this is going to entail is that you've got one pass. So you can pass on one of these questions. That's yeah, good. I'll, I'll give you two passes, okay? Okay. So I'm going to play a song in the background. It's going to go like this. So we basically got some more Drake, this time Hotline Bling. So we're going to, I'm going to ask you questions for the length of the song. It's going to be as easy as that, really. Okay. Okay, you ready? 
<laughs> prepared. Let's wait for the beat. There we go. First question. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, flying. Flying? Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Dream two-car garage. Two-car garage. Uh, Money, no object. What would you have? Two-car garage. Uh, 65 Mustang, shall we? Uh-huh. Um, geez, like... Uh, Probably have a. Just don't say Prius. <laughs> no, definitely not a Prius. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I probably also have some some other flashy sports car. I'd say maybe a, a Ferrari of some sort. Okay. Okay. So you're not very practical when it comes to this. No. Where's your dog gonna sit? <laughs> I'll walk. <her. laughs> okay. Beach or bush holiday? Uh, beach. Okay. Very good. Things you love most about cricket. Things I love most about cricket. Yeah. Well, like the biggest thing you love about cricket. Um, it's different every time I play. Very good. Single or involved? Involved. Very good. Who is the hottest woman in SA right now? The hottest woman in SA right yeah. now? Jeepers. Nah, I'd have to pass that one. You're going to pass that one. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what makes you work harder each day? Uh, my dream. Your dream? Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, sorry, I've lost my place here. Uh, if you could be any sports star for a day, who would you be? Sports star for a day. If you could live the life of a certain sports star in the world for a day, who would it be? Jeez, um, like I don't know. Um, I'd say probably like maybe Rory McIlroy. Be Rory McIlroy. Okay, golf. Yeah, that's good. Lots of money, lots of fun. If you were given the choice of being a test legend or a T20 legend internationally, what would you choose? Definitely test legend. Good answer. Does Temple Bavuma fit into his own cricket coffin? Uh, yes, he does. <laughs> Steak or sushi? Uh, both. Mm, okay. There's no wrong answers here. Player that you like, sorry, player you least like facing in the nets? Player at least like facing in the nets. Yeah, which bowler is kind of a little bit scary. Um... I'd have to say that would be Carmel Roo. Okay. In the game of shag, marry, or kill, what would you do with the following contestants? Hillary Clinton, Oprah, or Thule Madonsela? Shag, marry, kill. Um, Hillary Clinton, Oprah, and... Thule Madonsela. Now I'll pass that one. You're going to pass that yeah. one? Yeah. You've used both the passes. Okay. Who is your celebrity out? A celebrity out. So if you were to say, if you had one night with like... One the, a celebrity, who would it be? Any celebrity, like just yeah, yeah. Don't know. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Kind of can we rephrase the questions? Okay, so everyone's got that sort of fantasy. So when okay, you have, okay. when you have this weird conversation with your boyfriend or girlfriend, yeah. um, depending on who you are, there's got to be one person that you would cheat on your significant other with, which is celebrity <laughs> out in that respect. See, this is never come see, up. My girlfriend asked me this as well, and oh, it's really? the toughest question in my mind. So I'm going to pose it to you, and you've already used both your yeah. passes, so this oh, is really get difficult. Maybe it was a bit of a mistake to use it earlier. Song still playing in the background, so we're playing in time. Um, keepers. Okay, we'll come back to that. Okay. Favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time. Um, she says a few. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Very good. Favorite TV series of all time. Favorite TV series of all time. Uh, I'd have to say suits. Okay, very good. Biggest fear when going out to bat? Biggest fear, getting a duck off my first <laughs> ball. Uh, best bowler you've ever faced? Best bowler I've ever faced? Yeah. Cheapers. 
Saturday morning walk-off. Okay. Uh, if you could be an animal, what would it be? Cat. Very good. Favorite city in South Africa? Uh, Cape Town. Is this interview going well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Least favorite cricketer in world cricket? In world cricket? Yeah. Um, Stuart Broad. Very good. Okay, the song is finished. I had a few other questions, uh, but you know what? You finished on a real high there. <laughs> Thomas, it's been absolutely great having you. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I, I really have to do this feature more often because I think pro, pro sports people get the wrong sort of rep. You know, they, a lot of people say that they don't have a lot to them. They, they're so man, hugely managed. They can't say a hell of a lot to the press, and I understand why, but, I mean, you've been very entertained today. Your big dream, of course, is playing for the pro tiers. You want to be a test player. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's an admirable dream because people do either follow the money or the fame of T20. I think you're a guy with your head in the right place and um, your work ethic seems amazing. I've, I've actually been chatting to various people about you. I'm not going to mention them now. Okay. And there's a reason why I wanted to start this whole feature with you. And you've got a really good reputation out there. You've got a great work ethic and uh, a cricketer who chooses fitness is a big deal in my book. Where can people find more of you if they're going to follow your career as far as social media um, and that kind of stuff? Okay, so on Twitter, I'm at uh, Dom underscore Hendrix. Um, then Instagram, just Dom Hendrix. Um, and then Snapchat, I think, is also Dom underscore Hendrix. Very good, okay. So you do the Snapchat, you do all these kind of things. Dom, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a very cool interview. Uh, the Barn Show, back to normal as of next week. We're going to have the guys from uh, Conquer Sport back with another fantastic feature. Um, we're going to have a nice look back at the Olympics and really assess what's been going on and why I, th- I think this still is the greatest event in the world and how we can make it better going forward. I think, um, you know, obviously economically and all that kind of stuff, Brazil might not be in the best place. The legacy might not be as good as everyone thinks it could be. So we're going to just recap about the Olympics. So catch this podcast if you haven't got all of it on the bounce of Seattle today or if you go into cliffcentral.com, go onto the bounce show. There's a full page there. Basically, I've got a really weird grin and a red shirt. You can't miss it. And uh, catch you back next week. Thanks for joining us. Ciao. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.